0: Welcome to the Influential Parent. We
1: are your hosts, Amanda Blake and Nikki Porter. This podcast provides both a parent and educator perspective and the facts in order to help parents become informed about all things tech, whether it is social media, our apps, or websites that our children have access to. This podcast will hopefully help
0: you navigate the ever-changing technology journey with your children. Mickey, I have a little story for you today, and I'm wondering if it's one that you can relate to, either from your own childhood or with your children today.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: So when I was growing up in Minnesota, there was this old dirt racetrack that my parents would take us to on Saturday nights. It was out in the middle of nowhere. There were these beater cars that would drive around, not professional in in any way. It was more about the crashes and... Mm. So they'd be racing around and there was this figure eight at the end, which of course is just when everyone crashed their cars because the (laughs) night was over. (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. If you were under seven, you could get in for free. I have this memory. Almost every Saturday night in the summer, my parents, we would drive into this dirt parking lot and they would give us the speech. So they would say, Jessica, you can be nine. That was her actual age. And Becky, you'll be eight. That was her actual age. But everyone else, so the sister who's older than me, me, and, and my younger brother, you're all under seven. <laughs> and imagine my horror when I was like, I'm eight. <laughs> my parents are like, you're seven. And, you know, we get up to the window and the guy there, the ticket guy would be like, okay, how old are you? How old are you? And he'd get to me and I'd be like, I'm seven. <laughs> Could you look them in the (laughs) eye to tell them that (laughs) I'm... (laughs) Probably not. And now I'm sure my parents were the only one doing this, but they were trying to save a few bucks on entrance fees. And there was five of us kids. And so please tell me that I'm not the only kid in America... Who had this type of experience.
1: No, Amanda, I think I can remember some of those times as well. But I'm going to be honest that I may or may not be the parent with my own children <laughs> that's maybe done that. I'm also may or may not be that parent that put candy oh. in my kids' jackets <laughs> when we're going into the movies. My kids were mortified that I even did this. Right. But But yes, I think that I know that you're not the only child. Okay. Um, my family. Oh. was <laughs> yes. No, no.
0: When I was thinking about our episode today, I thought it's really interesting because this is sort of flip-flopped these days where my parents are saying, pretend you're younger mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And nowadays, I feel like in terms of social media and the digital world, kids who are eight, their parents will say, well, let's just pretend you're 13. Yes. So now kids are, instead of parents trying to get their kids to pretend they're younger, they're like, well, let's just pretend that you're older so that you can get an account.
1: Yes. So when we were thinking about this episode, this episode's about TikTok and there's two sides to TikTok. You got the consumer side and that creator side. And for this particular episode, we're going to start with the consumer side of, of TikTok. And for those of you they that might not be familiar with TikTok, Amanda, kind of give a little synopsis of what TikTok is. So
0: TikTok is, first of all, it's a free app and it lets you watch create and share videos often there's music in the background really catchy tunes and you do it right from your phone and there's that the dancing side of it you know kids will do the dance challenges there's the how-to side of it which is becoming really popular and became really popular during the pandemic and a lot of different types of people post things on tick tock for others to enjoy. Okay. So Nikki, while we were researching the consumer side of TikTok, from a parent educator perspective, are there one or two things that really stood out to you?
1: So when I went out and started researching, I wanted to know really what it was. And you gave a great synopsis. I did hear about it before, probably like three months ago, created an account. But I really just have not jumped on the bandwagon of this TikTok phenomenon. And so I did learn a few things. I didn't realize that it was actually came out in 2016. So this what? is six years ago that this came out. It was in China. It was actually the it was called something else. And I don't it was D U O Y I N win mm. I probably demolished that word. So I apologize if, if I've said it wrong. So I I found that fascinating. It is the seventh most popular social media platform downloaded last year in 2021. So it's definitely growing. They say that there's eight new users that join TikTok every second.
0: Every second? Yes. And so
1: that um, equates to about 650,000 new users a day. Okay.
0: I want to do this. Ready? Okay. We're going to count some
1: seconds. Okay. One, two, three,
0: four, five. That was five seconds.
1: And so that's 40 people that probably in that time joined TikTok. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked to, the, you know, it started with dance videos, but it's definitely expanded on its trends. Amanda, you actually mentioned it before that it, it does have a lot of dance videos. A lot of kids love to learn these new dances or post them or uh, those dance challenges, but it really has expanded it on its trends. You see a lot of cute animals Lots of people doing these funny pranks to each other and to get that reaction. It's the reaction really that people are looking for when they have it. Right. But people are even going on to the how to's. They're using it to learn something new or deepen their understanding. There's some shopping professional tidbits I, you know, I put on Facebook about what do you use TikTok for? Is it consumer or creative side? And one person says it's definitely some professional tips. I'm following people to learn some things. So the videos used to be short. This was something interesting. I did not know this at all. I knew it was 60 seconds. Like these were supposed to be very short snippets, wow. but now it's actually up to 10 minutes. Really? Really? I didn't know. Did you? I I had not heard that. Yes, (laughs) it is now just this year. TikTok changed it to 10 minutes. I did not know that one. I really was fascinated. I'm going to talk more about it later, but the algorithm of what is on your For You page? How do you get these videos on there? How does it get to your feed? So, the last little bit of information I found fascinating, I was on Common Sense Media. This is a great resource for both educators and parents. Uh, it's definitely my go-to on both mm-hmm. aspects when I'm looking at something, but it actually talked about how teachers are starting to use it in the classroom. TikTok's videos are very popular with the kids. They are loving it. And it's likely to get them excited to participate in the learning. Its creation tool allows the students to have like this sense of agency mm-hmm. It's relevant to them. It's interesting and it's meaningful to the students. So yeah, I found a few tidbits about TikTok that I did not know.
0: That's really interesting what you were talking about with the educator side of it. First, there's a teacher that I work with who her kids, she has promised them at the end of the year, like if they meet some certain goal that they can pick the TikTok dance challenge and she will do it and post it on her TikTok. I love that. So How motivating for the kids. (laughs) But going back to the education thing, there's a couple of ways to look at a new and exciting thing. As adults, we can say, oh, no, that's bad. Stay away. Or we can see it as a really effective tool, like the educator example you gave. And we can help children understand how to use the tool in the way that we want them to use it.
1: You're absolutely right. In education, we call that scaffolding. And as parents, we do this kind of learning and, and modeling as well. I thought about the way we teach our children to drive. I haven't done it yet. I have have friends that have. My child has actually driven, but When they're at their age right now and they watch us drive, we talk about things as we're driving. What does the yellow line mean? What is the white line? What is that sign? So they're learning about the turn signals. And when you can pass, I will be honest, my son continually comments on my driving based on, (laughs) his knowledge. I'm putting air quotes here, his knowledge. And yes, when I, like I said, he had driven a little bit, but we started in the driveway where it's safe. Mm -hmm. It's going up, you know, and down it's straight. Mm -hmm. You can't really mess things up too much, (laughs) but that's where we kind of start. And then we might go to like a pretty quiet parking lot or a quiet street, kind of just scaffolding that learning process. But when it came to say the, the social media aspect of things, I wanted to do that with my kids too. And I think, and, and I'm not the only one. We were talking this morning with the parent that yeah. works here and she's done the same thing. We scaffold that learning process for our kids when it comes to technology as well. When my son wanted Facebook and I had Facebook since 2008, him growing up the whole time, I would show him things that are on Facebook and what I would post on Facebook. I modeled that. And when he said he wanted an, an account, I felt confident in knowing what to tell him about mm-hmm. it. Of course, we had the conversation, why do you want Facebook? What are you going to do with it? Um, we had already started the ins and out conversation of Facebook. What were you going to do? How did he want to present himself as the in the community? Mm-hmm. What communities wanted to be a part of and really how he's going to represent? Because this is the beginning of his digital footprint that he's not going to be able to erase. Right.
0: And just like with so many other things that we've talked about in our podcast, it's the conversation, you know, to have never spoken to your son about Facebook before and him to say, I want it. And you to say, okay, to me, that's equivalent to him saying, mom, I want to try driving and you hand him the
1: car keys. Yes.
0: It's not how it works. It It's the same situation just a different
1: tool yes so amanda let's talk about your research what are some tips that you found if parents right now either don't have uh tiktok or their kids are asking them what are the things that are essential for our parents to know about tiktok
0: so before i go into my tips i want to share a little bit of an interview that i did with a parent so um this is a, a real-time situation for this parent. As you'll hear, she has a nine-year-old. And let's listen to a little bit about her experience of helping her daughter get started, her digital footprint and so on, in the right way. You have a daughter. Yes. At home. How old is she? She is Nine. And when you were setting up TikTok with her, what were some of the
2: conversations you had? So the first thing I let her know is that, for one, she is a child. So I will create a profile that has the guidelines that cater towards protecting the children. And so she won't see a lot of things that maybe her other friends would see and trends and things like that. I also let her know that her account will be linked under my account. And to pay attention to certain behaviors that she noticed, like cursing or some activities that she's not normally, you know, exposed to.
0: One time you were telling me a story about a time your daughter saw something that she thought, I shouldn't be watching this on TikTok
2: and she knows to like immediately like scroll past it or keep going she won't it, as soon as she hears like something that is not appropriate she immediately scrolls or she has any concerns she'll kind and be like hey i saw this but i kept scrolling i didn't you know So she's very aware of a lot of things.
0: So how do you think you got to that point with a child to come to you and say, Hey mom, like I know I'm on TikTok and I saw something I shouldn't.
2: What's some, and I'm sure this was over years. Right. I've always made her feel comfortable enough to talk to me about anything. And I don't sugarcoat any situation that happens. I'm very upfront and honest with anything that goes on just so we can build that fluid trust amongst each other. I can talk to her and tell her things and she can do the same thing that she can always come to me because her safety always comes first.
0: So that parent that I was talking to, she really did a good job of summing up any tips that I would have given. And again, this is real time for her. So I do think it's pretty valid. I want to highlight a couple things that she talked about. One, notice that she kept going back to the conversation that she has with her daughter, that she's been having. And we've kind of reinforced this throughout our whole podcast, which is you start to normalize the conversation because then when your child does want to get on tiktok or any other social media app you can have a conversation with them and a lot will come out of that your thoughts about what it should be and your children's perspectives of what they want it to be
1: well and i think there's that trust that i'm not going to get in trouble as the child because i can go and talk to mom dad grandma grandpa aunt uncle whoever it is because there's this trust that it's just we are just going to have conversation
0: And we're learning together. We're learning about this app together. So that was probably my first tip is if your child wants to be a part of the TikTok community, I just think parents need to join. Yes. And you need to experience the app. You need to see what it's like to be participating in that community. And the parent that I was speaking to, she let me know that, As a parent, when you have an account, you can link your child's account to yours. And from there, you can have a lot of choices about settings, things that your children can see, whether they're allowed to search on the app, how much time they're allowed to spend on the app, different privacy and safety settings. So there's two ways to go about this. One is called Family Pairing. And then there's restricted mode. So the parent I was speaking to, she has the family pairing set up with her daughter. So I guess my first tip would be make sure that you play with the app itself. And my second tip, of course, is to have conversations around the dinner table. If you know your child is on TikTok, maybe ask them, hey, did you see anything you know funny today? I heard this or... Maybe you saw something funny and you want to share it with your child. Just normalize the conversation and and using the app. And then I think the third tip that I would want to give is when your children are having access to this, like you spoke about in a previous episode, be mindful of any changes in mood. If they've been on for their allotted uh, screen time, like that that parent I was interviewing, she said her daughter can be on TikTok for a total of 60 minutes a day. Well, if she comes out of her room and she's acting a certain way, you know, we talked about that in a previous episode about it can take an emotional toll. It can take a mental toll. So If you're going to let your child use this app, I would say keep those other things in mind, like notice. Are they acting a certain way? Are they using certain language because they've been on the app for a long time? Do they seem down after they've been on the app for a long time? And again, be part of the conversation that you're having with your child.
1: Yeah, and I'll just add in their parents... They have different restrictions based on ages. Yeah. There's something for the 13 to 15. There, it says users under 13, so I'm not quite sure because you ha- I know that talking with the same parent you were talking yeah. to, when they tried to sign her up as a true age, it right. said no. Right. Can't do it. So I'm not quite sure what this under eight, under 13 is. But so there's there's restrictions for 13 to 15 restrictions that are different for 16 and mm-hmm. 17 and once it's 18 they're adults and so I do want to just kind of add that in there they they do discuss that private information this is something that's important for parents and the kids to understand that their private information is collected yeah. now in the 13 no they can't do that however the information is shared with third parties they're saying it's for analytics But it's really unclear whether Mm -hmm. this data is for research or getting products out there. So Mm -hmm. that's something, parents, I never really thought about it a whole lot before, but now it makes me wonder who has access to my private information, my personal information, what are they doing with it? Right.
0: Nikki, you mentioned earlier about this algorithm and, you know, TikTok is watching what we are watching and they're paying very close attention to our behaviors on their app. You know, as a user is scrolling through their, I guess it's called the for you page. Yeah. You know, how long you spend on a certain video dictates what videos will come next. If you are searching for a keyword, the next time you sign on to the app, even without putting in that keyword, you're going to have things that look like that. And it's important to note that your behavior is leading to what you see next for good or for bad. And I joke about this on Facebook with my husband, because if If I'm scrolling on Facebook and he starts to talk to me, I'm like, hold on, hold on, because if I leave whatever is up and then go somewhere and have the conversation and come back and it's still up, Facebook thinks I am very interested in whatever is there on my screen. And so now I'm going to get, you know, ads for cat food and
1: (laughs) yes, I've really, I've noticed that on Facebook because I use Facebook a lot more. So many ads and, and things that are associated with something that I've searched are now on that feed as well. And so Amanda, you're absolutely right. And it's interesting. No two users page is going to be the same. And you mentioned quite a bit what actually creates that algorithm. It's your behavior. It's what Mm -hmm. you've searched for. It's what you've liked. It's what you've commented. Even though we might have the same followers or we're following the same people, our feed will be very, very different.
0: And another thing to point out, and, and one reason why they do this and they want to notice your behaviors because remember, any social media app their goal is to keep you on the app. And so if you're watching something or if you watch it twice, they're going to think, that's how I keep, not they, you know, the computer is going to think, that's how I keep them in my app. So that's what I'm going to give them more and more of. So be aware of what you're watching more than once. And if your kids are coming and showing you oh, I watched this. Oh, mom, I saw this. Oh, sister, I saw this. And you as a parent think, okay, we need to have a conversation because that is not something I want you exposed to.
1: Well, it's in their algorithm now. Right. And you can take that algorithm and change that. So there's a couple of different ways you can mark it as not interested. It's not going to come up on your page anymore. Right. If you mark it as inappropriate, it's not going to come up anymore. So, so that is something parents, if, if it does happen to come up on your feed, if you're watching with your kids and you don't want it on there, or that comes up on the kids' feed, it's you certainly can have it. So then the algorithm changes. Right. So
0: I'll be honest. Through our work on this podcast, my assumptions about kids and technology and kids in the digital space has really changed. When we set out to do a podcast about the influential parent and helping parents and kids and families see how they can work together to make this a positive um, experience, I thought, oh, kids are on YouTube. That's all they want to do. They're looking up this. They're doing the naughty TikTok trends and things like that. But after speaking with students and with parents, I mean, I am so proud of our society, at least our community. Yeah, People are having the conversations with their kids, and I'm so glad that I'm able to see that this is really a hopeful generation coming up. And so even when we talk about TikTok, we all know there are bad parts of it or scary parts or, but I think we're starting to see we can do good. And there's always going to be the people who are in the background. Just a few though. But so when, when we're having conversations with kids as educators or as parents, you know, keep that positive intent because I find myself going into conversations now, like, tell me something you've learned. Because I know kids are using it to right. learn. Yeah. So that has been really awesome. And another thing I want to say bef- as we're kind of wrapping up here is, if you have a child who's on TikTok, we want to remind you, it's never too late to begin having these dinner table conversations. If you've never spoken to your child about what they see on TikTok, you can start today. You can get the app for yourself and even ask your child, can you help me set this up? Start today. Start somewhere.
1: Yeah. We talked quite a bit about those conversations that you may have even before your child signs up for TikTok and really any social media, but We we kind of want to leave you guys with just a couple of questions for you to use if your child may see something that they're not either comfortable with or may be appropriate. I read a book, Digital Citizenship in Action, a while ago. It's from Kristen Mattson, um, and she's really that proponent of getting kids to practice in the digital space, in digital communities. So she had a couple of questions that I want to just kind of share with you parents If your child does come to you and say, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, I saw this on my feed, you can say, well, do you think it's positive? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's negative? Maybe it's neutral. What kind of contribution is it? And ask them why they think it. If they think that it's positive, why is it positive? Mm -hmm. Why is it negative? And then how does this type of contribution impact other people? Mm -hmm. So I see what you're feeling. What do you think other people are feeling about it? And then kind of go into that conversation. Well, what are the options for this post then? And- they can be unfollowed, so they're not going to come up anymore. You can flag that post, and then mm-hmm. the social media will be able to take care of the the situation. Mm-hmm. Advocate for yourself. This is where you can really have those conversations um, about what to say Yeah, on a digital space. That respectful way to advocate for whether it's you or others, or simply just ignore it and just kind of move on. Right. And having that
0: conversation with the child about, hey, I've had to unfollow some people or I had to ignore it. I wanted to post this, but I ignored it. That's all part of that modeling that we talk about.
1: Yep. That's very true. Thanks for joining us today.
0: We invite you to join us in the conversation using the hashtag theinfluentialparent on Twitter and tell us how the conversations are going. Tag
1: me, Amanda, using at story of a Blake. And tag Nikki, at Nicole M. Porter. And that's Nicole with an H and H, N-I-C-H-O-L-E.